Welcome to Ra Ra Riverdale, a Riverdale fan podcast. We keep the episodes intentionally short because we know you don't have time for nonsense. I'm Al. I'm Joe. Let's get right into the episode 105, Heart of Darkness. Uh, what'd you think? Man, I I was kind of bummed that we didn't get a lot of witchy stuff, but honestly, yeah. some of that... Um some of that fantasy scenario of uh, you know the the guy clawing his way out of a coffin and zombie mm-hmm. Jason attacking Cheryl that was pretty uh, felt felt filled my need for supernatural events in in an Archie universe. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I I was pleasantly surprised that maybe they are bringing a little afterlife in there. And, and honestly, I'm so glad they got they got rid of the whole Mrs. Grundy crap, and now yeah. like I'm much more involved in Archie's age appropriate relationship with the potential pussycat. Yeah, and I think I think that's super compelling. You know, I'm, they actually have some some chemistry that doesn't make me want to crawl out of my own skin. Right, right, and it's going to cause even more tension. You know, just not quite as much tension as uh, Miss Grundy yeah. banging Archie would have. Yeah, but still some tension among the ranks of the pussycats. Sure. Yeah, might so, might split a pussy cat off. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, I, I think we're going to introduce like a prediction section mm. um, this episode because you know we kind of scatter our predictions throughout in the past episodes, but this time I want to like yeah, sort of dig in deep on gauge the temperature some of, of the podcast. Yeah, we yeah. feel about stuff. Yeah. What did you? So I feel we'll like do there, that later. There's a couple themes in this podcast, um, and I'm starting to see. I'm starting to. I'm starting to get the the overall picture of what's going on a little bit sharper in focus. But one of the big things was I feel like they tried to humanize Cheryl mm. because she was right. at this point like kind of very hateable, very odd and awkward in how she dealt with this whole like, you know, like may- maybe she killed her brother. Maybe she's exploiting his death for personal gain. You know, her family seems kind of crazy. And, and they, they introduced like showing how demanding her family is on her and how kind right. of cold they, and unloving. They by, humanize by, her by inhumanizing her family, right? Right. And they have like one of the, you know, Veronica holds her own as a frost queen. And seeing all this through her eyes, mm-hmm. you know, makes, I think, the, the impact even greater. Do yep. you think overall it succeeded, though? Because I still feel... I mean, she, she hasn't softened into this lovable character, right. certainly, but I think she's potentially on her way to being at least a little more relatable by, you know, both us as an audience and also the characters in the show. Like, Veronica certainly got a little insight here. Yeah. New perspective, maybe. Yeah, it's definitely subjective because it's different from person to person, but sometimes yeah. I see shows giving us, well, here's the reason why this person is broken and sad and self-destructive. And that's a stand-in for thus you should feel sorry or excuse it. Right. I just ain't buying it with Cheryl. Sure. Like, you know, you could just point just as many opportunities of people that have had crazy, you know, messed up upbringings, like like Jughead and remains like a mm-hmm. decent person that's engaged in the town and in a, in a real level that, you know, I, it does feel a little bit hard for me to feel completely related to, to Cheryl. Sure. I, I don't think, you know the circumstances of your upbringing are necessarily a justification for your actions, though they might be the cause or the reason, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, it it doesn't necessarily make it okay or right. Right. Uh, just because you had a rough time of it. How much do you want to talk about the kind of psychosexual tension between Jason and Cheryl that, honestly, I felt in episodes up to this, because, like, I felt like, you know, how, in, you know, how, we're big fans of Twilight, Mm-hmm. Um, the relationship of the, 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 
uh, the kids of the vampire family, how they're like supposed to be brother and sister, but they're secretly banging. Right. I always got that vibe, and it's it's maybe it's the pale, pale wintry makeup they're wearing, but okay. I always got that kind of Twilight brother and sister vibe where you're supposed to understand they're banging. But I feel like that they really kind of underlined this in uh, in this episode. Any thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> you know, I don't really think it's cool. It's, it's a little weird. <laughs> You're gonna stake out me. the controversy. You say, shouldn't yeah. bang your bang your brother. Uh, yeah, yeah. Are you just a, a, against it from a genetic standpoint, or just uh, you know, no, like inbreed? You don't. You can't have that that kind of inbreeding, or just you just think it's wrong. I think it's definitely wrong. Okay, Mor- morally, I think you you can't you sure. can't go there. Sure. Uh, my bigger question is why it seems in in you know Twilight and in these movies like. You're pale as you're pale as all get out, right? Uh-huh. Like you're just you're the palest, right? And then you put on the most shocking color of makeup, like lipstick or, mm-hmm. or you know, surely her hair is dyed. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just too red to be real, right? Uh, why? I feel like they just that just highlights your paleness. Yeah, but like, what else? You I would got go with black, a little more natural, white, like, like ivory, light, brightening colors, but mm. like. Whew, Spray tan. I don't know, man. Yeah, uh, but this this the family kind of gives me the creeps because I thought Cheryl's mom when she grabs Archie by his face, like, "Oh, you look just like Jason." Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's I think it's related to Archie's picks up boxing. He doesn't want to be flat footed in that position again. He wants to be able to no, you know, yeah. g- 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 to stick and move if she gets him in the box, so to speak. Yeah, I mean, I think he learned a lesson from the Miss Grundy thing, yeah. right? Like, now stay that, away from these old women, man. Now that he's cozying up to Valerie a little bit, I think. You know he's a little. He's gonna be a little more reasonable about this. And if Miss, if if Miss Grundy comes back, that could potentially be a boxing uh, opportunity, right? Yeah. Or if if Cheryl's mom, if if Miss Blossom comes at him, right? Or all three of them together. You got some foxy boxing with uh, Archie yeah. as the referee. It'd be like Charlie's Angels coming at you. Oh you man, gotta know how to who's, box. Who's the third angel? Oh, for, uh, Betty's mom. Yeah. Yeah. Then, then, then you've got the full. Is there going to be a Charlie's Angel spinoff? I feel like uh, I feel like Hermione might get in the mix. Hiram's Angels. Hiram's Angels. Yeah, there you go. Love it. So, what do you think about? Speaking of creepy mom, she asserted that Jason's murderer might be in this room when they did. Is that? Um, and we saw a lot of the town's residents in attendance. Do you think that was literally like the show's trying to teach us that like the set of all people involved in the murder, someone is in that room? Yeah, it's kind of like a clue thing. Right. You know, where Tim Curry gets up there and he's like, oh, someone in this room has killed this person. Sure. Essentially the same. Yeah. Um, Do you think that... uh, I want to know how this is all going to play out with Betty's parents, too, because Betty is, is like, seriously on to her parents here, right? She's like, I demand, Mom, that you tell me what the hell is going on here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, So, I, I mean... I, I wouldn't rule out the Coopers at this point. Not just that, but her dad, uh, Hal, mm-hmm. he's kind of looking suspicious AF in this episode. Yeah, I got some predictions. Like, like for he's next just slamming the sure. door and saying, to, you know, like just stay out of it. Like, why right. would he do that if he's not trying to cover up his own wrongdoing or someone that, or you know, like his his why? And do we have visibility on? Polly, like when she got committed to the institution, like it's certainly before the July Fourth deal, right? I assume so. Yeah, 
I mean, it's not something crazy like she escaped from a mental institution, slayed Jason, and then... <laughs> I don't think so, no. I mean, I would I think, think she's that's been crazy, locked up for a while. But if you really think about, like, I think it's also kind of crazy as Josie and the Pussycats thing, where you've got Archie, essentially, that like, Josie's putting her foot down. It's like, there's no way you can tell my story of being a black woman growing up in this, this, this super white, you know old-timey town right and then you know he writes a couple choice lyrics and suddenly he's like a member of the pussycats like uh, with let's not uh, let's tell it like it is here with the help of valerie like yeah he's not doing this alone but then i mean josie gets pretty pissed off about it you know do you think that the do you think that archie's lyrics really speak to her do you think his six-pack abs are the one doing the speaking really this is just a pure i think it's both i mean it, it wasn't a bad song right yeah i mean and, and they're kind of bonding over the music the same way, if uh, you notice, he bonded with Miss Grundy. So mm. I feel like there's they're drawing some parallels here, maybe with a little more age-appropriate relationship. Right on. Uh, man, what did you think about the contents of the box? Speaking of getting into, bring, getting I, into boxes. I was completely unimpressed. Really? Yeah. I mean, Seven did the ultimate box reveal scene. Right. I, and we were all making the joke, what's in the box? You know, you see right. the, the next time on the promo. Right. What's in the box? What's in the box? What's in the box? Right. And it didn't turn out to be Gwyneth Paltrow's head. It was Kevin so. Spacey's. <laughs> yeah. But Wear, I, wearing I was ultimately a, wearing left. A ju- wearing a Jughead hat. I was kind of unimpressed by the whole thing. Like, yeah. I, I felt like it was a pretty weak homage to Seven. I hope this show doesn't just continue to go to like, you know, shocking reveals and, you know, like jump scares and stuff like that because like there's only so much you can do before, you know, yeah. you got to you, you can't just have the sizzle, you got to have the steak eventually. Right. So, and especially to the exclusion of like the of Josie and the Pussycats getting a number, right. you know? Like I want at least one of those an episode. Right. So if they start excluding that stuff so that they can do more of this shock stuff. I'm not interested. So I want to take, talk about the big picture here. Uh-huh. And it's like it's fu- funny because recently I watched the first Batman. Not the first Batman, but like the first of the, the Nolan Batmans. Like the, the plot of that was, you dark know, he had, this, he had this, this dark brotherhood or whatever, League of Shadows, and they, the Gotham is like the biggest city in the world. They're like the New York of the world. And they're too evil and corrupt, so they need to be brought down a peg. So this, these shadowy figures are going there, and they're 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 destabilizing it. And in fact, I think there's hints that you know they targeted families like the Wayne to bring the the Waynes to bring them down because the Waynes might have been able to put enough cash and goodwill into the city to save it. They're the biggest threat. Yeah. So so I feel like is this what we're being told that that Hiram is is hiring these gangs to like push on drugs and and, and decrease the property value and they're kicking kicking stalwarts of of the city and and, and uh, like the like the drive-in and giving kickbacks to the mayor so that they can depress the town's values to what like is Riverdale the shining city that that they're trying to like what is this just a real estate scam is this more Lex Luthor than League of Shadows I feel like it's about the is money he, is, is is he splitting off California so he can have beachfront property that he's selling in Nevada like is this is yeah. a pump and dump real estate scam No I think I think so I think it's definitely about the money uh yeah you you diminish the value of the town you go in you buy it all up and then and then suddenly the crime element goes away, right? Yeah. Like suddenly Skeet Ulrich isn't doing the stuff he's doing to, you know, cause trouble in town. So the property values go back up and then you sell. But here's the key thing about that, Al. I feel like that maybe the Blossoms were targeted and Jason's killed and they've, they've destabilized yeah. that because they're kind of the wanes of Riverdale, right? If right. anyone could right. – sp- could, now, 
you know, the, the, the thing that I guess a flaw, the only flaw that I can see in this theory is that from what we found out about the Blossoms, they're kind of cold, detached, elitist pricks anyway. So would they really step in to stop the town that they presumably love, even as they despise it, from spiraling into chaos and decay? Right and like is is killing is bumping off Jason going to be one of those plots to where it's like oh you know they, they've you've now completely Twitter pated uh, this this rich powerful family into infighting and despair and they're not going to be able to pay attention to somebody moving in on their turf. Yeah, I don't know. Um, really, I'm I'm kind of going to wait and see on that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm I'm sort of more all of the theory crafting that I've been doing is around kind of. Betty and and Archie. Yeah, I'm interested to see where where because so that's like what I think is the big picture. Uh, where do you think this is all going? Uh, okay. I mean, now might be a great time to get into our unless you got some other stuff section. you want to talk about. No, I think I'm good. Okay, I think I'm good. Um, so let's get into the prediction section. I'm. Let's talk about Betty for a second. So okay. we mentioned Polly earlier, right? Right. And and there's got to be some reason that she was carted off. Uh, whenever she was carted off, if it was before or after this. Why murder. she was carted? If she is she a real person? Is she a, right. a, a figment of uh, Betty's imagination? Is she the tortured psyche that so her I think parents are keeping from her? I think we're going to find out next episode, episode that she is real, and I think Betty's probably going to go visit her. Mm. Like what she finds out while she's there, I'm not sure. Right. Um, but you know, she's she's clearly like demanding information, and that's one place she hasn't looked. Right. Is Polly? Does Polly have any information? And there's I mean, enough shady information about her folks that I I'm wondering if she doesn't get something that kind of puts her right on like her because her dad's the one looking most suspicious. I wonder if she's got like some so, smoking yeah. some in a way she uncovered this thing kind of yeah. accidentally about Miss Grundy. I wonder if they're going to have that pattern repeat where she finds something shocking from Polly that puts her on to her dad. And they have and if so, like she needs to address it like as directly as possible, right? Just Look, if if your dad, if you have a cool relationship with your dad, just go say, "Did you kill Even if Jason?" You don't if you think your parent is a murderer. Right? Like, how can you pussyfoot around that at the dinner table? Just be like, get it out in the open. Yeah, you don't want to be like, "Did you Cheryl's kill Jason?" Family. Right, right. Ask him. Right, just point blank. So I think you know we'll see stuff along those lines next episode. All right, second. No, solid. Those are all solid. Uh, yeah, I, I think so. Okay, let's talk about Archie. Let's talk about the pussy cats because we got. We got a lot of cracks in the Pussycats this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can see that Archie is kind of wedging himself in between the two. Uh, I imagine, like, this has got to come to a head pretty soon. You know, we're halfway through the season. Right. Uh, we've still got a long way to go in establishing any kind of relationship between Archie and the Pussycats. But obviously, Josie is not having it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Valerie's really into him mm-hmm. and wants him to essentially be part of the band. Right. I think that's going to come to a head next episode, and I'm there's probably going to be a confrontation between uh, Valerie and Josie. That she, I mean, she might be forced to actually like choose the band or Archie, right? And I think like if I'm her, I'm probably choosing Archie at that point, yeah, because it seems like Josie's a control freak anyway. So. Like, I could see her conceivably quitting the band next episode. Well, maybe it brings her down a peg. She thinks she's, it's Josie and the Pussycats. Maybe she thinks she can, she can do without the, the full complement of Pussycats. Yeah. And she's going to yeah. get brought you know brought down a little bit. And, and the other thing I like about your theory is that it dovetails nicely because it seems like the show thrives off conflict, that they're always, you know, like Betty's being, you know, Betty's 
misunderstanding with Veronica and Archie, and then Veronica's sideways with Cheryl, and Cheryl's being the mean girl. Ver- and now, like, you know, if Cheryl and, and, uh, and uh, uh, Veronica have kind of taken steps to being, like, you know, as they say, frenemies in this episode, mm-hmm. you got to start conflict. You know, Miss Grundy's out of the picture. You got to start conflict somewhere. Yeah. The Pussycats, you know, they're they're a block. They're, they're, they've, mm-hmm. they've been a rock. You, maybe if you split one of them off, then you've got some, you know, manufactured uh, uh, outrage and, and uh, drama right there. Yeah. It's not even manufactured. It's genuine. Like, you know, band oh, right. breaking yeah. up in high school, that's that's big deal. It is. It is. And especially one that Josie feels so personally responsible for. It's the Gallaghers all over again. Right. Yeah. She's Josie's going to hit a wonder wall. This episode. that's right. <laughs> this She's going to run smack in that wonder wall. Yep, and then explode into a champagne supernova. All right. Before we get out of here, I want to read, or before we get to the feedback, rather, I want to read one positive review. Oh, we got what? What, what are we up to now? We're still doing good uh, on the review. Front? I mean, we're still number one. Yeah, we review got, avenue. We're going to call this segment. We got like one negative review. Whatever. I'm not going to read those. Uh, no time for the haters. No, we got. Now, 68 perfect five-star reviews with 70 overall reviews. So still, like, the number one Riverdale podcast, which is freaking awesome. Thank you, guys. Uh, I want to read one from 2002 Laura. She says, short and sweet. Al and Joe really understand the complex dynamics of the show. They do such a good job describing the show and theorizing that you don't even need to watch the show. Like, I would not not recommend not watching the show. Yeah. Like, it's a good show. You want to watch it. You think it's... But... but Surely you know, her no point one, is well taken. No one would actually just watch a podcast and not watch a show. Just but I don't for, see the point. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, especially on a show that doesn't have like an established following. Uh, you know what else we got? We got lots of really good feedback. Should okay. we get to that or do you, do you got yeah, some other stuff we want to get to? No, I'm good. Uh, let's go. As always, raw, raw, Riverdale at gmail.com. Raw, raw, Riverdale at gmail.com. Blaze Allen, first up. Uh, I agree with you. This is from last week. Obviously, we're disappointed. No Sabrina action. Uh, yeah. I, dis- I agree with you. Sabrina should make an appearance, and she, too, is my favorite Archie character besides Jughead. I still haven't really thought of who could be the killer yet. I feel there's so much going on that detracts the viewer from the murder. Also, am I the only one who finds it funny that Betty's mom's name is Alice Cooper? I'm still waiting to hear her say, no more Mr. Yeah. Nice Guy before doing something incredibly bitchy. Right. Anyway, as I said before, love your show. Keep up the great work. No, I that's I, you know, I never even thought of it from that angle. But yeah, mm-hmm. get some or, or like uh, another uh, Archie Afterlife crossover, some Frankenstein reference, right? I would kill to hear Alice Cooper just mention Frankenstein offhand. That would be pretty funny. Becky D, uh, I noticed that Joe has a bit of trouble pronouncing multi multiply syllable words. Multiple <laughs> syllables. multiply. First, first of all, I'm having a hard time reading your negative criti- uh, criticism because you misspelled multiple wrong. <laughs> but multiply syllabled words. I'm a professional speech therapist, and while I never attempt to diagnose someone just by listening to a few podcasts, it's clear that Joe suffers from Newhausen syndrome. Don't worry, it can be cured with basic surgery, or alternatively, I'd recommend a program called Hooked on Pahonics. Just an hour a day of what? practice and a few short months, you'll be speaking like an adult level. That's that's mean. Is this is this person? Yeah, I, thought, I yeah I got tricked into reading something something super ne- negative. Uh, hey okay. man, like uh, I, I talk funny sometimes. It's true. It's uh, you, you at best you're making fun of someone with a with a speech impediment. At worst, you're mocking someone who's slightly mentally ill. <laughs> is that the Riverdale way? I don't Do you want to so. rah-rah about that? Are you a Cheryl or are you a Betty? Yeah. Everyone's got to make the choice about whether they're going to be a closeted psycho like Betty or just an out-and-out bitchy person like 
like uh, share. I mean, is there a normal person I could have gone to, like Kevin? Uh, Kevin, Kevin's a stand-up guy. The worst thing you can say about him is a moose hunter. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> moose hunter, moose yeah. Is, moose, and, moose is always in season, right? Yeah, as long as he doesn't hunt literal moose. I think that's still legal. Maybe not admirable. Maybe unless you're using not it in for, the way that you're hunting them. If you're a sustenance moose hunter, okay. you gotta have the moose, or you're gonna die otherwise. Hunt, hunt those moose away. Okay, hunt all the mises. Uh, Adam S. What do you think about the rumor that the CW is in talks with Frank Darabont to bring Archie Afterlife zombie comics to life for Riverdale season two? What? Darabont is this true? I, I, it might be a joke based on the our your 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 lust for bringing the afterlife plots in. If you don't know, uh, Frank Darabont is uh, he's known for a lot of things. Uh, bringing yep. Stephen King adaptations to life. He did The Green Mile. He did right. Uh, he's also did the horror story The Mist. Um, but he also was attached to season one of The Walking Dead before he got dumped. Ah. Um, which I've never, I've not ever, like, I'm not a big horror dude, so I've never seen The Walking Dead. Yeah. Uh, but I understand it was pretty good. I have. It's, it's pretty, pretty good. good. Is it pretty yeah. good? All right. Yeah. Uh, do you think it was better under Darabont or did, did get No, hit? I mean, clearly it got better when Mazzara took over. And I think, I don't know, it's kind of really coming into its own in right? the last few years. Okay. So it hasn't, it just hasn't whimpered out? No. I'll have to check that out sometime. It's like, it's like, you know, remember that scene in Willy Wonka where they're going through the tunnel? Right. On the boat? Oh, yeah. It shows no the signs ro- of slowing. The, the, show, the rowers show no signs of uh, slowing? All right. Right. Uh, Darabont stated he feels that Archie Afterlife is the most vivid zombie comic book he's ever seen, and he would have more artistic and financial freedom than he had with Walking Dead Season 1. Now, that's probably true. Wow. Melissa McBride okay. indicated that Mary Andrews is a deeply intriguing and conflicted character, but nothing has been discussed so far. Either way, Jughead's death in season one finale would be an amazing bridge to that world. Following an undead Jughead. Oh, yeah. That's I like fun it. to say. Undead Jughead. Kind of like parallel universes here or parallel lives. Yeah. I the mean, afterlife and the real life. And plus, they've done they've done a little bit of that, like zombie romance stories. Like, I, it was that I Heart Zombie, or I, I forget what the exact one was. Um,. That, so I don't know. I don't know. I, I mean, it's probably, it's probably someone's uh, having some fun at your uh, uh, Archie Afterlife expense there. Yeah, probably. Al. Uh, Billy Lewis, or as I like to say, Billy Louie. I was wondering what your guys' take on Cheryl Blossom and her brother and the implication that they had possibly had a Jamie Cersei thing going on. The implication. They go out in a boat. What, the, what implication is the implication is they had a Jamie Cersei. Uh, have you not seen Game What's, of Thrones? No. Apparently on Game of Thrones, uh, there's this implication that uh, the the brother and sister are having uh, some some unlawful. It's a, you know HBO stands for her brother's open. Her she's, brother's she's, open. She's, she's, she's jumping in. Yeah, that the Cersei character jumping into her brother's open opening. Uh, <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa! Yeah, well, okay. You know, it's, All right. it's 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 not the CW. They're free. They're they're sh- so. unshackled from the FCC. I mean. Archie Archie has to contend with uh, you know just getting down with teachers. Yeah, HBO takes it to all their level. Uh, I think when Cheryl turned uh, learned about uh, Jason and Mrs. Cooper's affair, she flipped and she's the one who off Jason. What is it hmm. with these redheaded boys and older women? On another note, it was cool seeing Jughead's gangster dad played by Skeet Ulrich of Scream fame. Right. Maybe he's the real murderer. Well. I mean, yeah, head gangster, murderer. It's almost like motorcycle gang, one percenter. It's almost a lock that he's killed somebody. Right. I mean, even if he did it like in the employ of Hiram or something, like I still think he could definitely be the murderer. Right. And you know, as far as the affair, that's more grist for the Hal Mill, right? Mm-hmm. It's another motive motive for him uh, off in the kid. 
Michael S. He wanted to clarify and kind of elaborate on some of the things we've been talking about because you know we're the we're the short form podcast. We try to do the quick hits, uh, and I guess some some of these viewers want us to slow down and like uh, you know smell the roses. He said, mm-hmm. Veronica's family, of course, the lodges consist of Hiram, Hiram, Hermione, and Veronica. There's also Smithers, their butler, I believe. Mother and daughter currently live in the only building Hermione has owned after the divorce, and Hiram had a Bernie Madoff-esque scandal, which has put him in jail for fraud and embezzlement. From jail, yeah. he's still able to give Hermione a bag of cash and do shady business deals like what's happened in this episode. Mm-hmm. This is the things you guys have been missing in the recap of episode four, by the way. Hermione already confirmed to her Veronica that it was Hiram that brought the drive-in after paying out both Mayor McCoy to buy yeah. the land and the Southside Serpents to devalue the drive-in. I mean, I thought that I thought that was the case, but I honestly couldn't remember. I only watched the episode once last week. Right. So I was a little shaky on the details. Right. I mean, I saw it twice. Like I said, I, I, but plus also, you know, you don't have to comment. Like if it's made, like if it's made plain in the episode, That's true. I don't feel like you have to comment yeah. on this isn't a recap. Well, this I think we might a... have theorized a little bit about what it could have been when they kind right. of spelled it out. So, right. Oh, okay. Makes sense. Um, Jughead's family, Jughead's real name is Forsyth Jones III, and his father is, wait for it, Forsyth Jones II. Uh, mm-hmm. Also shouting out Skeet Ulrich's uh, Scream 90s fame. Mm-hmm. Jughead mentions that he has or had, we don't know yet, a sister named Jellybean. Sister or Skeet Ulrich is the leader of the Southside Serpents, a motorcycle gang of Riverdale. I don't think you guys mentioned anything about them in the podcast or the revelation that Jughead was so desperate to save his beloved drive-in because he lived there. I mean, we alluded to his secret reason and, like, what right, right. what was the fault. But, like, again, like, I, I feel like we don't need to spell out everything, right? Sure. I mean, that's not an exciting podcast. It just, like, belabors every point. No. Uh, the Creepy Blossom family. The Blossoms include Cliff, Penelope, and their incesty twins, Cheryl and Jason. Jason, of course, the co-captain of the football team, while Cheryl is the HBIC, head bitch in charge, as her t-shirt said in one episode during the cheerleading rehearsals, of the River Vixens, the cheerleader squad. There's just something smelly about the family, especially after the conversation between mayor, the mayor and Hermione and how the Blossoms can't know about the lodge's buying of the drive-in. Uh, plus something super smelly about Jason. He's been dead for weeks, if not months. Right. Not smelling great. Sheriff Keller and Kevin. Uh, Sheriff Keller is the town's head of police and probably the least dodgy parent in the show. Mm -hmm. Although maybe that means he's also hiding something. Who knows? I I feel like you're selling Fred short. Yeah, probably. He's dumb. I mean, although he has raised the kid who falls afoul of the charms of many older women, it seems like. That's true. Not a good look. Um He's got a great listen to Kevin, where he tells his son not to go cruising in the woods as if there's a murderer out. He seems totally cool with his son cruising in the woods, just not at the moment. Kevin, after his little thing with Moose, whose real name is, get this, Marmaduke Mason. That's a strong name. That's the Marmaduke Moose Mason Mm -hmm. is a very alliterative and strong name. Uh, Has an encounter with Joaquin, the youngest member of the Serpents. By the way, do you think that Joaquin only distracted Kevin so that the gang can break into his house and ruin the murder wall? Sure. Or do you think that maybe the sheriff is dodgier than we thought? Ooh. No, so, yeah. I don't think the sheriff's... I mean, obviously, the mayor, she had, he had one of the, you know, uh, at this point, almost cliche little yarn art murder walls going right. yep. that got completely destroyed in this ransacking. That's an interesting question. Is he doing it to cover his own tracks? I don't. I don't think so. Like I, I'm still pretty sure that they're on the up and up, but I don't know. But I, was, I mean, so it's interesting because 
if Kevin's got an in with the serpents, that would mm-hmm. be good for the town. If the other hand, if this guy just seduced Moose uh, or not Moose, but Kevin, just so they could get a shot at the murder wall, then that's right. that's that's even more sinister. I guess we'll have to wait till next week. Here's the thing: who doesn't take a picture of their murder wall? Yeah, like come on, you break a couple strings and rip a picture off the wall. They're just going to set it back up the next day. It's that's not true. like they've forgotten all these connections that's somehow. True. That's true. Yeah. Although, you know, you could be like Indiana Jones' dad. Like, I wrote them down so I wouldn't have to remember them. And that's <laughs> right. the fate of the world at stake. But you take a picture so you don't have to remember them. Ah, uh, yeah. They didn't have – they had photographs. He could have taken a picture of his journal. All of the Last Crusade could have been averted if Henry Jones Sr. had just used carbon paper. Right. Yeah. And then Hitler can have the diary. They don't have to go back to the lion's den to recover it or they're doing the book burning. Uh, anything else before we move on to the last email of the week? Nope. Uh, Tim W. So Archie knew the cop was a prostitute. If Archie knew the cop was a prostitute the whole time, why did he play along with the ruse? She was wearing way too much makeup for a lady cop anyway. They could have sold it to the audience better is all I'm saying. The badge looked fake too. <laughs> would it have been better if he told her he was an informant from the start? Then the drug bust later would have made way more sense. What? As it stands now, it's like all he wanted that elephant to escape the whole time. And for what? It's ridiculous. <laughs> No way that thing fits in a Starbucks anyway, even if we suspend our disbelief. He just makes really bad decisions for a third-generation astronaut. It was funny when the dealer saw his reflection in the espresso machine, though. <laughs> but if that cat show starts talking watching? again next episode, I'm done. Why do shows like this resort to that crap? I know it's based on comics, but The Flash doesn't have talking animals. He's just fast, I guess. I don't watch that one. I feel like this is this guy is uh, he's, ma- he's he's making fun of our Sabrina want you know so sometimes okay he's just all right he's just uh have, he, he's having a little fun at our expense it's another I, I feel like it's you in this afterlife and the supernatural stuff that's drawn like we got to stop seeing zombies and ghosts and frankensteins everywhere well i mean when the show clearly shows us those types of things and we know like i know about the afterlife comics yeah when then she, i'm gonna when make those the connections on and cheryl's floating diaphanously down in this witchy looking grove with warlock candles like what are we supposed and, and to think jason's coming back from the dead and yeah it's like seeing bloody shredded coffins and getting jump scares by this ghostly visage like right i'm gonna go to the afterlife because i feel like they're going there but i mean i don't recall any starbucks in the afterlife mm-hmm. or elephants fitting in there i mean there's occasionally an elephant in like a sub i'm sure there was like a the Melissa Joan Hart, like Sabrina the Teenage Witch show. It's probably I'm sure somewhere. they did an elephant thing. Somewhere in the history of Archie Comics, there's been an elephant or two. Yeah. But the elephant in the room is, I think this guy is uh, just, just uh, poking some fun at us. I think so. Al. Uh, so that's it. That's it for the mailbag. Ra Ra Riverdale at gmail.com if you want to uh, part- get, get in there and participate. Uh, I'm super psyched about next week. Mm-hmm. Want to see Archie square off in the ring against... Uh, the Miss, trio. Miss Blossom yeah. and the, all the misses. All the misses mm-hmm. come at him. And he's going to fight them off one by one. Yeah, I, I'm excited to see the fallout in the Pussycats. That's what I'm waiting for. Yeah, the other the other Pussycat shoe to drop. Yeah. All right, we will be back next week for that episode. Until then, I am Joe. And I'm Al. Have a great weekend.